Welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, unpacking the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. We are at a climate crossroads. In March, the Government of Canada announced an emissions reduction target of 40% by 2030 on the way to net zero by 2050. Last year's flooding and heat dome here in BC illustrated the urgency underlying our decarbonization efforts. Pivoting businesses in carbon intensive industries is easier said than done. Joining me today to talk about his experience on that front is Robert Safrata, CEO of Novex Couriers, Coast to Coast Experiences and Change Equity. Rob, so nice to have you with us. I'm so glad to be here and it's my favorite topic. Well, I want to start first with your personal story. It's pretty impressive, representing Canada and alpine skiing at the 1976 Winter Olympics before becoming an entrepreneur and developing a specific focus on sustainability. So tell us first about that journey. How did you get to where you are today? Sometimes quickly (laughs) when I was downhill skiing and sometimes not so quickly. You know, there are crashes and people fall when they're skiing, but that happens in business as well. I think uh, related to sustainability, my upbringing, I started racing when I was nine years old and it was very successful right from the beginning with the, the group of people I was racing with. What I really want to say though, is I, through those formative years, you know, nine to age 20, when I retired from ski racing, I was outside nine months a year in the last five, six years. I was outdoors. I was, you know, running, training in the outdoors um, and enjoying it and appreciating it and really going to some beautiful parts of the world to, uh, to appreciate it. So that was different than my, my peers who were in school and, in Toronto, Ontario. So in the winter, they were playing indoor sports. I was outdoor. And so that had an impact. But the other thing is that we were taught uh, through sports to create at least annual goals or future goals. And, uh, you know, business terms, those might be big, hairy, audacious goals, BHAG. BHAG. And so from a young age, again, that the coach or the coaches would say, look, where do you see yourself? What do you want to be? What's the biggest? And you didn't have to know how you were going to get there because their job was to help you get there. And then we were trained to break that down, if it was a year, into essentially 350 steps. And the little steps aren't so hard to take. They're very manageable. And we had uh, we had resources. We had others around us that were uh, supporting us, a support system, and collaborating to help us get there. So I've taken that training and that learning into how I have approached big, hairy, audacious goals and things that really fascinate me and um, interest me. So let's fast forward a little bit. And in 2001, you acquired Novex Couriers and you really made this environmental sustainability piece uh, a significant priority. And this comes at a time when many organizations, frankly, it wasn't even really on their radar. So, and I think the juxtaposition that it's a courier company, it's in the transportation space. And so you're not necessarily thinking that sustainability goes hand in hand with, uh, with transportation. What was your thinking? And, and did you have that plan, the 350 step plan to get to where you are? 
So this is, um, as I said, it relates to what I said earlier. I had an awareness that that our environment is an important thing and an enjoyment of it, and I didn't want to make it worse. But I have a secret weapon, and I still have the secret weapon, and I've been married to her for 38 years. <laughs> and I mentioned, and people have said to me, gee, you were early. And I said, well, eh, some would say that. My, my wife, Jacqueline, is the, the founding chair of Ecotrust Canada. And that predated my purchase of Novex. And when I purchased Novex, she said, what are you doing buying such a polluting business? But my immediate reaction was, well, now I can clean it up. So that's what I do. I buy, it sounds terrible, I buy dirty companies, coast to coast uh, experiences as a tour bus industry. And I clean them up. And no, I didn't know the 350 steps and I didn't know who else was out there in, in 2003, really, when we started working on it. But I knew I would find them and I knew I could figure them out or that that was the approach that I would take. But uh, I, I'm very clear to thank the people around me and Jacqueline for their influence and support. So it sounds like Jacqueline, in a way, uh, as well as being your partner, has been a coach and a mentor. I mean, not unlike that you had coaches and mentors when you were doing your alpine skiing. I like the way you say that. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And the, the Ecotrust board would meet here quarterly and I would cook and clean, but listen. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yes, they were a huge uh, resource and coaches. Yes. Yeah, really important on this journey. And, you know, you're providing that to all of us right now. So let's focus in on the transportation sector, because you say it's a dirtier sector than others, for sure. What are some of those unique challenges? And I think as importantly, what are some of the solutions to making it a cleaner, greener industry? Well, again, I've learned the process and the the first thing, and I think it's it's very easy to do now or to get for anyone who's interested and everyone hopefully is listening, is to have an audit. Is There are many groups that will, uh, will come in, doesn't cost a lot, and they will audit your carbon footprint. And that's great because then business people, they've got something, something tangible they can look at. They've got numbers. And from that, they'll see easily the low-hanging fruit. And if you think of Novex or coast-to-coast uh, -coast experiences, obviously the low-hanging fruit are the vehicles and the miles driven every day. And when we uh, started in 03-04 with Novex, those were the first years, the very first years that you could buy a hybrid. They were not available yet. And the same thing for us with coast-to-coast -coast experience. It's only a few years ago that you could buy an electric tour bus. So, but we knew the low-hanging fruit where it was, and then we went looking for the suppliers. And um, it all of a sudden seems like a, a business challenge, not something that's so hard to get at or understand. You know, the audit's such a, a good point, Rob, because you don't know where the gaps are until you identify them. And so that's the point of a good audit. But I think where many organizations are finding some challenges is around this whole piece around ESG. So there's not a single ESG strategy, not a single set of ratings, 
not a single approach to measurement or the ultimate goal. So when you think about your journey on sustainability and looking at what the business community is trying to do around ESG, how much of a barrier is it that there is this lack of alignment and then what do we do about it? Uh, again, um, it's good that there are many ESG standards out there. There are too many. However, they all have something good in them. And you're absolutely right. There was a recent article, I think it was the New York Times, that, uh, you know, the challenges with ESG standards, where one comp- the same company, company A, would, would qualify and, and get gold stars under one ESG uh, mm-hmm. group, and they would fail under another. So that's got to be frustrating. At Novex, again, there, there weren't really standards. So we chose ISO 14001. And many, most business people will be familiar with ISO. 14001 is related to the environmental side. However, our customers don't really know what, I mean, you know, the, a, a law firm or an accountant firm or, you know, someone working at home doesn't know what ISO 14001 is. And so we actually then, when B Corp came along, we switched to B Corp, and it was we we immediately got it because we'd already been doing the work. Um, you know, I think again, it's part of the education. You look at what's out there. You look at what other companies related in your industry are using, and you get started. Don't not do anything because you're not sure. Well, the other reason organizations sometimes don't start is because it's really hard to see the immediate financial return. And as we know, organizations, uh, many organizations are solely focused on profit and that return on investment. So how do you approach that? And what's your advice to those organizations thinking, yeah, you know, ESG is a good idea, but just not sure that it makes sense for us when we're barely scraping by thanks to the pandemic or other factors? Um, again, one of the favorite things I love to talk about. So again, Novex Courier, we figured out a way because we were determined. We don't own the vehicles. There are hundred vehicles, 80 to hundred vehicles, depending on the time of year. And in 2004, our drivers, most of them had $3,000 beaters. That's what you're used to seeing for a local same day courier, right? Not very pleasant. And they own them and that's what they would show up with. And we had to figure out how to get them into something that costs 10 times more. So immediately you go, well, that's not happening. No, you get busy. You start to get creative. You start to figure it out. You are determined. And we, and mainly I would say we collaborated with others to be able to do that. And so I say, look, you say it's too expensive. How about 10 times more expensive? So if it's 50% more, 10% more, you know, 100%, you know, double the cost, that's just the starting point because the life cycle cost over five years, 10 years, 15 years in maintenance um, is way less or in energy is way less. And there are a number of unintended consequences that work in the business. So here, how about this? We didn't know this in the beginning. When we had our first, our drivers had their first 10 hybrids, there, um, our driver turnover, our total driver turnover went from 40% a year, high turnover industry, maybe like the restaurant industry, to 10% a year. Mm-hmm. So now I can go back and say, gee, what were my, you know, hiring costs, my training costs, my, 
you know, inefficiency costs because it takes a driver six months to really get up to speed. I can calculate those and I can put that money towards helping them buy those cars. <laughs> so it's a different kind of accounting and, and you wouldn't normally, you might not normally do that unless you really, really want to do it. And I think that's one of the keys is having a different mindset and a different perspective and a different way of measuring success. And if anything, you know, last fall during the flooding um, probably showed us that there's lots of unintended consequences that could be very costly if we don't start this journey. Yes, it's and those are catastrophic. And but again, let's look at something smaller. Um, and again, these are things I learned. I didn't know this at first. I thought, oh, we're reducing, you know, by 10 or 11 tons a year per car, the, the carbon in the, going into the CO2 going into the atmosphere. Well, what is CO2 going in the atmosphere? It's global warming and things like that. But what is that? That's decades old. However, I've, particulate matter. Particulate matter will make you and I sick today. So it's the difference between being in Tofino and the, the air there or being in, um, you know, I don't know, downtown LA or think of maybe in India, you know, your health and people die, you know, they count how many people die from this. Mm -hmm. uh, in Toronto, they closed down, Ontario, they closed down the, the coal plants and they used to have, you know, 10 to 18 uh, days a year when they would have a outdoor, you know, air quality warning. Now they have zero and this particulate matter with a hybrid is we took it through air care when there was air care. We took our uh, I don't remember air care. <laughs> and we compared it against the first 20 vehicles we took off the road, the beaters. And hydrocarbons, carbon monoxide, and one other uh, were down 98 and 99%. And that's the stuff that will affect you today. And so it's, you know, it's more compelling, more immediate. And that to me is, and our workers, you know, we know we're not, you can't save the earth, by the way, the earth is going to be here. We won't. <laughs> the earth is fine. It's going to be here in some form or another. It's been through some, some big, um, big uh, shocks. Uh, but we can improve uh, our community, the, the life and the energy in our community and be good in our community, good business actors in our community. And that's why people buy from us because they switch to us. So I give a talk where I say, well, do you want your sales to go up? Yes, shake your head, yes. Do you want your costs to go down? Yes, shake your head, don't want costs to go down. Do you want your brand equity to go up, your brand to be more admired? Yes, yes, yes. Do you want your risks, your business risks go down? Yeah, yeah, I will. Well, I can show you 50 environmental initiatives that will achieve those, little by little by little. And, um, so I do it for business reasons. Steps. You it's, know, it is step by step. It's people, planet, and profit. It's not an either or. It enhances. And so Novex, with all this, has grown steadily and better than before. And it has a, a higher uh, earnings ratio than it, uh, EBITDA than it used to have before. Well, there were some initial costs. There were some initial costs in figuring it out. Yes, there were. But the benefits forever now on are, you know, uh, priceless, as they say. <laughs> so you've taken that success and you founded Change Equity in 2015. 
And your stated goal is buying high carbon companies and transforming them into restorative market leading businesses. So how do you know if you've got a diamond in the rough um, or one that just can't be transformed? Or maybe that's, is that, is that even possible? Yeah, that's, well, look, you could look at the worst businesses. And um, I think personally, what I've observed is that uh, when I say the worst business, I just mean the hardest industries to clean up, if you will. Mm -hmm. And and yet, please look at the example of um, Ray Anderson and Interface Carpets and the information they have on sustainability. He in the 90s said that they were going to be a restorative business and they achieved that. It takes 25 years. That's my, it's going to take Novex 25 years to be that. And we have about eight years left. And so companies can brag that they've reduced their footprint or they're offsetting in carbon neutral. Well, we're already starting to think, how can we be restorative where we're, you know, we're putting, putting uh, good, good air or cleaning up more than we're, we're uh, polluting, if you will. And uh, so that'll be the next stage is companies saying, well, now we're, we're 10, 5%, 10%, 50% restorative. And it's not, uh, it's, so when we say we'll go to zero by 2030, I go, well, okay, there's always that last little one or 2%. Mm -hmm. And and typically then, you know, you offset that and more. And, And yet getting close to the last few percent will be, will be a celebratory day. Yes. Sounds like patience and good planning um, and having a, a growth set, a growth mindset, but also really, you know, being focused on the future. If you were to say your biggest aha moment during the journey that you've been on with Novex or even in change equity, what has that been? It's, I'll go back to the, the unintended consequences and then maybe there's a more positive word so again, Novex Courier, I keep talking about it. It is a, um, it's a tough business. I mean, it's not normally a business that people might aspire to. They kind of, oh, that's a grotty little business. And I think a lot of people might look at it like that. And yet we are incredibly proud now. We are incredibly, we've shifted the engagement. We've shifted the, uh, our view of it, our, the people that work in it, uh, know that they're uh, creating a better environment. So, but the, the aha moment was when we made the shift and let people know it, we started to get amazing resumes. We started to get top people wanting to work in the business at all levels and stay. I mean, I mentioned already the reduced turnover. And so you can imagine if you're on a team and you've got the A team and you've got better people on your team, you've got more opportunities and it's more fun. So I, we didn't plan that, but that's what showed up. And it also shows up with our bus business because we do have a few all electric buses and we find now that we have less turnover with the drivers and we get the best drivers in the industry. They want to work with us and you can't, how we didn't intend that and yet boy is that ever exciting well that is pure gold robert as so many employers are just really struggling to find talent 
So you are joining the panel at our sustainability series event on the circular economy and urban climate solutions uh, on May 17th. And the panel comes after the keynote address from Environment Minister George Heyman. What are you looking forward to talking about with your fellow panelists? What, are your, what do you want that conversation to focus on? By, by the way, I'm a huge fan of George and I got to know him a little bit. Um, a huge fan. Uh, really clear. I, I'm really interested to know what the others have done. And is, since George is there, where can we collaborate on our mutual interest to improve uh, society, to clean up the air, etc.? Where can we collaborate government and businesses to achieve our mutual goals? I think that would be a really productive conversation. I'm looking forward to that. And in the meantime, if people want to connect and learn more, where can they find you? They can find me in this modern world, uh, R. Safrata on Twitter and Robert Safrata on LinkedIn. And uh, we're putting more uh, talks and information in there. And I heard a phrase at the Globe Conference recently that collaboration is the new competition. And I, I think, uh, I, I agree with that. We could not have achieved what we've done at Novex and what we're doing at Coast to Coast without collaborating with many other folks that we may normally never have worked with. And you know, the pandemic reinforces that. There was collaboration at new levels. I don't think that anybody had seen. And even if you go back and you think about the floods and how quickly Everybody came together, industry and government, to be able to reopen the Coquihalla and, uh, and the rail lines. And so, you know, I like that phrase, Robert. It's a really good point to end on is that we are all, we're going to get through this all together. And it's going to take a lot of bright minds to collaborate to come to the solutions that we need. And I really enjoyed it, again, uh, when we started on our path. And I find it still to this day that for the, on the issue of uh, ESG or the environment or sustainability, I have not yet found a business owner or a person that's not willing to share what they've learned and what they know. And, and that's been a pure delight. And Bridget, thank you for many excellent questions. You've, uh, you've unearthed a lot of the keys and I hope that's helpful. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your learning and your expertise as we're all on this journey together. I'm so looking forward to the event on May 17th. And for anybody listening, or if we still have tickets available through our sustainability series, and you can find them at our website at boardoftrade.com slash events. And Robert, thank you for joining us today. I look forward to seeing everyone there. Have a good day. <laughs>